2: Live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Courtney Reagan, and tonight for Melissa Lee, your traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Karen Fireman, Steven Grasso, and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, investors on edge as the deadly coronavirus spreads. A second case now confirmed in the U.S. How Wall Street is reacting to the outbreak. Also ahead, we're gearing up for the busiest week of the earnings season. We'll break down the key names that need to be on your radar. And later, our chart of the week why this mystery name stood out to one of our traders. But we begin with a big move higher for Boeing. The stock are racing near all of those early losses as the FAA tells airlines the grounded 737 MAX plane could get recertified by mid-year. Moments ago, though, Boeing delaying its test flight of its newest plane, the 777X. Phil LeBeau, who never sleeps, is covering it all for us from Everett, Washington. Hi, Phil.
3: Hi, Courtney. The 777X test flight, the first flight of the 777X, didn't happen because far too windy today. They just were not having the optimal conditions. They're going to try again tomorrow. Let's talk about the 737 MAX story. As you mentioned, the big reversal in shares for Boeing happened midday after word got out that the head of the FAA, Steve Dixon, got on the phone with executives for the three U.S. airlines that have the 737 MAX and he said, look, there is good progress being made by Boeing when it comes to taking care of all of the issues that need to be taken care of in order to recertify the MAX. He also said there is the potential that this plane could be ungrounded by the middle of the year, if not sooner, provided there are no surprises that come up. Nothing that further delays the progress that he's seeing made. This is important for this reason, and this is why you see the stock moving higher. Steve Dixon has been reserved, cautious, um, somebody who has been very careful not to say anything that might be misinterpreted as too optimistic. And that is the reason why, when you take a look at shares of Boeing, investors believe perhaps Perhaps there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the 737 MAX. Now, let's be clear. It still has a number of hurdles that it has to clear. It has the recertification flight. It's got a number of uh, other key moments that need to happen. But this is the first time that we've heard from the head of the FAA in a positive manner, speaks to the change at the top of Boeing and in the relationship between Boeing and the FAA. And we certainly have noticed that over the last couple of weeks.
2: So, Phil, of course, that's the big headline. Everybody's watching what happens here with this 737 MAX. What about the Dreamliner, though, and the changes that may be made with production there?
3: Right. Right. Well, earlier today, there was a report that Boeing might be considering a reduction, a further reduction in 787 Dreamliner production. We talked with our sources. They say that, yes, Boeing is considering this. Right now, they build 14 787s per month. It's going down to 12 by the end of this year. That was a change that they announced uh, in the third quarter that they were going to be making this change. Now they are considering a further reduction. Boeing, we asked them if they have a comment on this. They're saying, look, our standard comment is if we have to adjust our production in the future due to market conditions, we will do that. So no confirmation from the company at this point. Having said that, Courtney, if they go down to 11 or 10 per month, While no company likes to cut production, that is not a huge drop. That is not something that the market will look at and say, wow, that's that's not good news here. Far different situation than with the 737 MAX. But again, that's something that Boeing is considering, and that's because you look at the wide-body market and you look at how the softness might be developing a bit as you look out a few years. Not a huge drop-off. They're going to adjust production accordingly. And look, they could easily bring it back up, maybe down the road, if, in fact, they do a further rate reduction.
2: Thank you very much, Phil. A lot to get your hands around, but you do it for us all the time. Have a great weekend. All right, Guy. We saw this big reversal midday. Phil says it's because it's Steven Dixon. He's been very conservative, but he came out and said, "Look, maybe we will recertify this midyear." What does that mean for Boeing? Phil? Right. Going there's forward.
4: potential. I mean, there's potential that the Giants will draft me in April. That's not going to happen <laughs> either. I mean, and maybe it'll happen, but that's I not... like those chances better. I do as well. Yeah. I think that's yeah. and sort you've of got the good point. hands. Yeah. You know what? I did at one point, and I'm trying to get back. And he
2: done, so <laughs> we are done.
4: But with that said, I listen. I don't think that's the only catalyst for Boeing at this point. They report on Wednesday. I think you have to wait and hear what they say. Plus, Brian Sullivan mentions that a lot. Just because they get him back in the air doesn't mean people are going to be all that uh, encouraged to get on him. And I think that's going to be a big problem as we get into the spring and summer. So although the stock had a decent day today on a lousy tape, I'm not ready to say all's clear and be. Anyone
5: else think of a conspiracy when we heard Trump talk about GDP? when he was in Davos and maybe there was a phone call made to the FAA. I know it might be reaching the conspiracy around the White House. I I, mean, uh, come on, <laughs> I, I just th- I just think it's a little too early to jump back into Boeing right now. 302 is your level though, the watch on the downside. That's the that's the one that it held recently.
2: Because it really it was three twenty, wasn't it? And well, then it will, we it below went, that, it was 320 two. Two ninety-four
5: was the level that you had to hold okay. and we stopped short of that at three oh two recently this week. So that's the new level to watch. In case you get this little bounce, starts to be a little longer lived on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, watch that level. It's no longer the 294 because if we break the 302, 294 doesn't have the same relevance that it did
1: before this. I, I think the the and, and the technicals have been very important in the stocks. We've talked about it actually was outperforming during periods. It was hard to explain what the stock was holding a range. Uh, the things that brought it through that, that 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 bottom end of that range and Steve outlined that all well. Uh, All the news over the last two weeks has all been about sentiment. It hasn't been anything specific related to the balance sheet. It's been basically the company getting out there themselves, saying things that sound exceedingly penitent, um, obviously getting the kind of positive response from the FAA we got today. So uh, United talking about doing damage control for themselves was a driver down for the stock, saying they're not going to fly it through at least the summer. Of course they're going to tell you that. So in other words, everyone is doing damage control. To me, the headlines are as they should be, which is that the FAA, we didn't expect this, but the FAA can't look prejudiced against them either. Uh, Look, I I think David Calhoun, I think Larry Kellner, who's got a great relationship with the airline industry, have done everything right since being put in these roles. And and while the the numbers around Boeing's earnings aren't going to be great, uh, and we know they're going to borrow some more money, this is Boeing, folks, at a time when interest rates are almost zero. Their wide-body deliveries, by the way, 4Q, uh, that just came out two weeks ago, were were better than expected. So um, one more 737, two more 767s. uh, I think this is really just a mix. It's actually margin positive for the company.
2: Karen, what do you think of this? I mean, Calhoun was talking earlier this week with journalists, trying to sort of assuage fears where he could give all the information he's able to give. Now maybe there's some positive movement from the FAA. Right. That seems positive. It definitely is positive.
6: I think the the best thing that can happen for Boeing is certainty. It almost doesn't matter when it is, right? If you they just had a date certain. I think that would be the ultimate callous. Now, look, this is a really big turnaround today, 14 bucks maybe from yeah, low to high. That's a really big move. So you can see why people are optimistic about the FAA. It used to be Boeing would be in charge of the commentary, and then clearly that didn't work out well at all. So I think they should, should as Tim was saying, they're doing a much better job just either saying nothing or What was the great?
5: upside, though, to the FAA even, even speaking today? Why, why not right. just leave it? Why put themselves in a box in any way? I don't know. Because now you set it up for as quick as the stock went up for there to be pressure on it if whatever reason... The FAA steps back off that statement, or mm. if it if it takes a little bit longer along the process, I didn't well, think there was any I think, reason. Right. for But well, maybe to the speak. FAA
6: doesn't care where the stock trades. All they, oh, they care did, about, they right? But, but it's All about, they, they care about what's is
5: the point. If we're looking at mid-year, why say there's a possibility it could be earlier? Maybe than they really mid-year? think it's early. Because the FAA, I don't know, The FAA
1: but, is speaking to the airlines. The FAA is talking to leaders in the industry, trying to give them some guidance of where they are didn't at.
5: They and they know, they know that it was mid? But what I'm saying is that didn't they know they were speaking to them last week? So what was the upside? A, a lot a week, of the airline like-
2: CEOs this week were pretty frustrated, it seemed like, with what was happening, at least in the interviews that Phil Lebeau was doing and how they were so expressing themselves right. on those earnings calls. So maybe not. Maybe they needed that certainty. I,
1: I think that's I totally agree with all that. Um, although Southwest CEO was on on the network yesterday right. and he said David Calhoun is the right man for the job. I mean, they they said we're going to entertain competitive uh, uh Offers and, and obviously have to do what's best for our shareholders and what's best for our customers. But um, I, I think the airlines don't have a lot of choice. But I think Boeing has done everything that they can do since this crisis um, turned into a change of, 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 of C suite, not necessarily from the outset of the crisis, to begin to reverse the sentiment tied against them.
2: We're going to leave this one here and we're going to turn now to the latest developments on the deadly coronavirus. 939 cases have been confirmed worldwide, including two here in the U.S., 26 deaths are being blamed on the outbreak. Companies across the globe are scrambling to contain the fallout from the virus. Let's get over to Meg Terrell. She's back at headquarters with more on what we know at this hour and Meg, this continues to change. What's the latest?
7: Rapidly, Courtney. The virus continues to make its way across the globe with the first two cases in Europe confirmed this afternoon in France and the second case in the United States was also confirmed by the CDC today, a Chicago resident who had traveled back from Wuhan, China early last week. Overall, the CDC says 63 Three potential cases have been or are being investigated in 22 states, with 11 found to be negative. For the two confirmed cases here, public health officials are tracking their close contacts and monitoring them for symptoms. They say they do expect potentially more cases in the United States, but say right now they believe the immediate risk to the general public here is low, while noting that the situation is evolving quickly. And we see that in the numbers from China, with totals there and in nearby countries topping 900, up from about 650 yesterday. There have been 26 confirmed deaths. China has also expanded travel restrictions now to 16 cities, overall covering 46 million people. That's more than live in the entire state of California. Now, pharmaceutical companies have confirmed to us they're working quickly on potential treatments and vaccines for the novel virus, though these things can take time to get done. Gilead, Regeneron and Vir Biotechnology are among companies looking at potential drugs, while Moderna Therapeutics says it's working with the NIH to develop a potential vaccine. But again, these times are months or even years in the making court.
2: And Meg, where is the WHO right now in how they're classifying what's going on with the spread of this virus?
7: Right now, they have not declared this a global public health emergency. However, they have received some criticism from that from many corners of the world. And they said that they are going to meet again within 10 days. Uh, And so we could see them reverse that decision and make that declaration.
2: Meg, thank you very much. Well, check out the reaction today on Wall Street stocks falling as we got those new numbers on the deadly outbreak. So how much of this is weighing on investor sentiment? I mean, Tim, it feels like more of a sentiment situation here. And when we look back to some of the comparisons, say with the SARS, that happened in 2003, right after we were coming out of a bear market. So things probably a bit more fragile than now, but still, it seems to be weighing on the on the market.
1: Well, look no further than the bond market, really, which is giving you your clues. You're getting yield curve flattening. You had the Treasury trade, I think, down to 160. Today, um, so uh, and and obviously all that flows from that. So not only were financials under pressure, but then you also see uh, anything that's related to kind of a re- reflationary industrial environment. So transports have been getting hit very hard over the last couple of days. So leaving aside um, idiosyncratic direct exposure in travel, et cetera, et cetera, you have anything that resembles global uh, kind of industrial growth. Look at oil prices. Look at copper prices this week. So think about the couple of weeks we've had. Though we've 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 all we do is talk about sentiment. So. Uh, this type of a pullback is it looked, it looked like it the, the market was looking for a reason yeah. to pull back, though, this morning. I, I actually thought mm-hmm. about liquidating uh, some things as well.
5: If you look at the mortality rate on this virus, it's about three percent. If you look at SARS, it was about 15 percent. So I don't think this is a huge I don't want to belittle the deaths, yes, of course. but I don't think this is a reason to be selling the market. I think it's looking for a reason to be sold.
7: Totally but what about agree, some right. of these
2: stocks, Karen, when yeah. you're looking at these casino names that are selling off, some of the entertainment names, we know that in China they are quarantining 46 million people, and closing down Shanghai Disney, they're closing down yeah. the movie theaters, transportation. I mean, when does it have a ripple effect to stocks or... Is this an opportunity?
6: I think it's an opportunity. I think them being really aggressive in how they tried to quarantine this, I think will work to their benefit because I really think this will blow over very quickly. I don't think this will turn into a worldwide contagion at all. So for me, I look at, you know, yesterday I bought some young China. Today I bought more young China. I just think, you know, it's down 11%. And I don't believe that the value of this business has been hit by 11% from this. So there's other, I do think, Probably the, some of the gaming names as well, I think, are overdone. So, I mean, it's a little scary and it doesn't feel great to be buying into a virus, right? Yes. But I do think that the market has overreacted. And I really agree with Steve. The market has been straight up for I don't know how many weeks now. And so a, this is a tiny blip of a pullback. And I agree. The market was sort of looking for an excuse. We really weren't even down very much, considering the run that we've had has been extraordinary.
2: Guy, what do you make of like, casino stocks? I mean, wins down 12% in a week. That's a really big move.
4: Quite off a move from the, lower, the like, from 105 up to 150 was a huge move over a short period of time. So you're right, in that vacuum, it is a big move. But I still think it has further room to the downside. I don't think there's any reason to get in front of wind into earnings with, with these headlines uh, at this point in the market. That doesn't make a lot of sense. And I'll say this. I don't know. It, maybe it all does blow over. You hope that it does. But I'll say this, you know, consumer confidence is a very delicate, tenuous thing. And you start seeing people with masks on, you wonder at what point does it start to change consumer behavior. And people stop going out and stop going to the movies. And your economy is 73% driven by the consumer. It's very tenuous. And I'll say this again. At Davos, you had people telling you how everything was contained. It's not that now you have it in four or five the more, states. The, the
5: more, I totally hear what you're saying, but the more you get exposed to the knowledge of this, like Ebola was frightening for me. That was, that was a frightening episode, and we seemed to go well, over that. Well, the mortality speed bump. was so much higher. Oh, yeah, 90% yeah. mortality rate with right. Ebola.
2: Right, right. Well, anyways, we're going to continue to follow this. Obviously, having ripple effects for the markets. Everybody, wash your hands
3: coming up. I did. It's an earnings it extravaganza
2: with almost 150 companies on deck to report next week. We'll dig into the top names that you should be watching. And later, it's our magical mystery chart of the week. We'll tell you why one of our traders is flagging this big move. Wow. We are live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Breaking news on the coronavirus. Let's get
7: back to Meg Terrell with the details. Hi, Meg. Courtney, we're getting word of 15 additional deaths out of China for the coronavirus. That would bring the entire toll as of right now to 41. The case counts undoubtedly will continue to rise as well. The latest count was around 937. Uh, sending it back over to you with that word, unfortunately, of 15 additional deaths. Court. Thank you very much, Meg.
2: Well, now that we have 15 more deaths and it seems a bit more serious. Does this change anything for you, Grasso?
5: No, I I mean, you have to get to the point of where I think we're going to have more deaths. We're going to have more cases. I think for the large uh, part of this, it's going to be contained. I think that as long as you stay around that 4% mortality rate, I think that the markets are not going to get spooked. If it starts to climb to that and cases start to run rampant everywhere and you start to look at New York and there's cases and the mortality rate starts to grow, then I think it's something to have a bigger concern with the market, but not just yet.
0: A new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.
5: What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.
2: Welcome back to Fast Money. Check out the huge week of earnings coming up. Big names in tech, healthcare, industrials, all reporting as we gear up for the busiest week of the season. So what is the one name that you're most closely watching going into next week, Grasso? you got a lot on your plate here. Yeah,
5: I, I wish I could only watch one name. So obviously, <laughs> I'm, I'm Long Apple, so I'm super concerned with that to see if the hype can, can uh, when the rubber meets the road, to see what they actually perform with. But I, I'm looking for services to continue to outperform. I'm looking for that $46 billion to be growing. And I think the Apple team... TV Plus, the streaming arm of that, is is definitely has a bunch of tailwinds, and they've already surpassed Hulu and Disney. So they're only they're, they're ranked basically third in streaming. That to me is huge coming out of nowhere. So I'm interested in those numbers.
2: All right, Guy, what are you looking at?
5: Amazon on Thursday, I
4: think is fascinating. You had that huge move to the upside. It topped out a little above 2,000, flush in October, down to 1,700 or so. We've gotten half of it back. We're not there yet. I think Amazon on Thursday is a really important quarter. For the stock and AWS growth, if it continues to decline, you might see the stock retest at $1,700. Yeah,
1: I, I think if you think about AWS and you think about what we've heard from cloud from some of the big boys and, and girls out there, the, the, the competitive landscape is changing. Uh, having said all that, look, Amazon, which was lagging and, and a fag com, a fang component, which definitely was holding back, I think is something that, that uh, you know. The expectations going into this number, I think, are actually very well slated. Um, I think if you look at other numbers next week, energy sector, you've got some big integrated oils that are reporting late in the week. That pre- that, that entire sector has been in, under onslaught as we've seen some global p- pullback. And and finally, Tesla, not surprisingly, something that I, I, I'm watching, something where I really do think the earnings should be telling us what that balance sheet looks like. We're going to get insight into whether they're going to get to those 360 to 400 thousand in deliveries. So that's clearly market has to be looking at that one.
2: Tesla has been so parabolic. I mean, just a crazy, crazy chart. You think it still has way more room to want run, depending on what we hear. Or you think we were capped out expectations. are broken? Well,
1: you're talking to someone, Courtney, <laughs> that thought it had, it had way too much room to run. It's I run know. too far. Yeah. Two hundred dollars ago. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. No, I, I think it really it does come down to free cash flow, uh, profitability of the company. There's been a, an incredible array of news headlines that I don't think I've had a lot of detail. Let's get some detail on the balance sheet.
6: I think, you know, ones that have really run into earnings, Tesla couldn't be a better example of Tesla, Apple as well. Those are going to have a harder time, even with great numbers, because they're already so baked in, whereas Amazon, I think, hasn't had anywhere near the run. To me, I, I'm, Facebook is the most important one that I'm watching. Google doesn't report till uh, the following week. But for Facebook, I think much of that negative sentiment is gone, right? Um, Going back that to Cambridge Analytica, I think it's good for the stock. I mean, to me, the valuation is not at all crazy. And they have a giant cash hoard, which will only grow. We'll see uh, how much when they report. But uh, that, to me, is my my favorite name. I think there's probably the most upside there. What about a name like
2: Starbucks? And we're thinking about the consumer and we're thinking about China. That could be potentially a good indicator. Well, that's,
6: it's gotten hit on China, yeah. right? So given that I think that chi- any China discount, I think, will end up, Going away, I think Starbucks is probably interesting. How about a name
5: like McDonald's with Steve Easterbrook leaving? The stock is up. It it was under pressure immediately on his departure. Now it's up 14% since his departure. So it seems as though, and and then you had that negative headline today that they were closing some stores. So all in all, I still think you're okay buying McDonald's where everyone thought it was, had a bloated, expanded multiple, and you couldn't be a buyer here. But the laggard is Caterpillar for me. Let's see where that one is. It's down 5% and quickly year to date. Let's see where that one goes.
2: Hmm. All right. Well, it's Friday. You know what that means. this time
6: for your chart of the week. So, Karen, yes. what are you flagging here? This so is... what I am flagging is the volatility index, the VIX. Mm-hmm. The VIX has been practically flatlining for I don't know how long now. I always like to buy protection, particularly when the VIX is low. Today, I think, obviously, the market down. but coronavirus fears. The VIX really started to spike. It hit close to 16, I think. 16 is not the time to buy the VIX, right? It's not the time. So I wouldn't be jumping in now. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a big, you know, VIX spike again Monday. I'd probably be a seller of volatility into that.
2: All right, well, it is time for your final trades. That was such a fast show. Tim, it you get sure, to start.
1: It, sure, it was a fast show. It was great to have you, Courtney. And, and I'm going to go with the airlines, which have also been on some onslaught because of the coronavirus. And I think Delta is best of breed. And uh, as I pointed out many times, a great trading range stock. You could maybe let this thing fall a little bit, but I think around 58, there's a good level of support.
6: Karen? Yeah, another name caught in the crosshairs, coronavirus and Disney. I think the valuation is good here. I think this will pass.
5: Uh, there's so much uncharted territory that we're going into. You have impeachment, you have the election coming up, you have the health scares. But GDX, gold miners, that performed today while the rest of the market didn't. I think you're going to have a couple more days where this one can
2: outperform. Mr. Adami. Courtney,
5: great to have you. Tim used the word early in the show, penitent. The last yes. time that was used was by
4: Harrison Ford in one of the Indiana Jones movies. I encourage well, to you to look that, that up. <laughs> Newmont Mining, I think, continues to go higher, Courtney.
2: Well, that does it for us here on Fast Money. But Don't go anywhere because
0: Options Action is coming up next.